Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Higher Expertise. Today we have Floor, Israel, and Austin. How are you guys doing today? We're doing great. Good. It's a rainy day. Doing it great. Is, Thank it you. It is a rainy. I don't know. It's a kind of a weird day. Um, rainy and cold. It's 60, 70 degrees here in Texas. So that's not bad. We take that getting ready for the cold weather. <laughs> So uh, today we are going to be, we have two topics for today. We're going to be talking about the Rajuk uh, ransomware. And also we're going to be talking about a little bit about consulting. Uh, so let's kick, let, let's kick this off uh, real quick. Uh, let's talk about the, the ransomware. The uh, Rajuk, I think is how you pronounce it. Uh, we don't even know how do you pronounce that. Uh, so Let's talk about that. It's a billion dollar business. It's a very dangerous business. It's taking comp companies at hostages. So let's start with the basic guys. Uh, what what exactly is the Rajuk, if that is how you pronounce it, which I believe it is. We had, we did research, we did some research and I think it's the Rajuk. What is the Rajuk ransomware? So the, the Ryuk ransomware, which is very hard to pronounce, but yeah. it is uh, ransomware that targets any number of uh, high-profile organizations um, where the attackers penetrate the network um, using malware, uh, usually TrickBot. Um, and it, it usually comes in the form of phishing and spam emails or uh, a Trojan horse for, for Windows. And it basically encrypts uh, sensitive information, or uh, in some cases, a lot of information that the business would need or use essentially all the time, and uh, holds it hostage um, so their demands, the attacker's demands, can be met um, through uh, some kind of uh, Bitcoin transfer, is usually when they release the information or the, the encryption key. Mm -hmm. And who do they target, uh, Floor? Who do they normally target? Who, who have we seen that they normally target? Well, um, high-profile companies such as um, government companies, some health um, companies as well. Uh, about, uh, pretty much, they these guys they do the research. You know, these guys they they know who are they who they're targeting, um, especially if the, if. If they know they have a pretty good managed services team or a pretty good consultant team, um, they might know this a little bit harder for them. So usually they go with the vulnerable people that they know they're going to be able to take hostages as hostage uh, easier. Uh, yeah. You know, but um, and they, they they normally build a profile on the targets, right? So they spend a little bit of time. These people are very intelligent people that are targeting specific industries and targeting, targeting specific victims, right? They will go out there and build a profile of the organization. They will understand how much revenue they have and how much they can charge and then target them based on the, their ability to pay. So they're not going to target you or myself or people that are just the individuals because they know they're not going to be able to pay millions of dollars, but they do target uh they do their homework on the targets that they're targeting and they will try to figure out 
you know, financially, how well they're doing. Uh, they will also pick specific industry, like Floor mentioned. They tend to pick government entities and healthcare a lot. Um, but we've also seen it happen in in, in organizations that that have a ton of uh, subscribers. You know, um, I forgot which one was the company Garmin. I think is one of them that has a lot of user subscribers that they were targeted. Uh, and so they target, they build a profile of their of their victims, and then they go after them. Um, how, l let's talk a little bit of how they uh, they come into the uh, into the into how the do they deliver it? Yeah, how do they deliver it? But uh, before before that, I do have a question. Uh, what I know, there's a lot of things you just said. They they pretty much build like a portfolio uh, about that that organization. A profile. A profile, I should say. Yeah. So, what? Well, how do you consider picking back on what I said earlier? How how did they determine that X company is vulnerable? What makes a company vulnerable for for people like that? Well, I don't I don't think that they necessarily target vulnerable companies. I think they target companies that are have the ability. Uh, to financially sustain that has a cash. And then they find vulnerabilities, right? They will target different departments. They will target, you know, shipping or support or marketing or some department that uh, they know can be vulnerable to phishing attacks. And that's how they try to come in. They, they will uh, build a profile that gives them some information on their financial status and then they will target departments that they feel will have vulnerable people to phishing attacks. Now, what happens if, if the company doesn't, I mean, it's not willing to pay, they don't lose anything, right? The they do attackers? not, yeah, they, they only have uh, the potential to gain. To, to what, gain, right. To gain, so I think their investment upfront is doing the research to figure out, okay, who do we target, right? And they probably spend, number of weeks, months, maybe targeting and finding information throughout the web on the company. So they will definitely do their homework, but they have everything to gain and nothing to lose. To lose. That's yeah. scary. We got to keep in mind that this is, this is what they do. This is their full-time job. They, these guys yeah. are all day in front of the screen, pretty much watching these companies and building a profile on this company and looking for weak spots. They're working, they work hard on this. So uh, let's talk about how do they deliver this, this ransomware into, into the organization. Austin, you said earlier that they, they come in pretty much like a Trojan, like a Trojan horse. Talk to me a little bit more about that. Elaborate a bit more. What exactly do you mean by that? Uh, well, to define what a Trojan horse is, is um, uh, some kind of malware that is disguised as something that doesn't look malicious. Um, but to build on the, the, the targets that we were mentioning earlier, some notable ones in addition to Gar Garmin uh, are the Los Angeles Times, which as Israel mentioned, had a lot of subscribers and also Baltimore County School Districts, which had a lot of users. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, like you were saying, Nelson, uh, these guys, it's a, it's a full-time job for them. And I'm sure 
that it, as dangerous as the Ryuk ransomware is, it's not the only attack that they'll try to penetrate a system with. They'll probably start out with smaller uh, spam or phishing attacks to kind of prod and, and, and gain a lot of the information that we've uh, talked about building the profile for the company. And then right. over a period of a couple of months, um, their plan comes into fruition and uh, the, the uh, Ryuk ransomware has infiltrated their network and has begun to encrypt the data that uh, has come through um, probably a, a file that was installed uh, by someone clicking an e a link on an email. It, it can be as simple as that. So, you know, some of these um, high-profile targets, they, um, they have users or they may have older software, older systems in place, and the users may not have the best security uh, protocols or the best information from their IT department on what to do in these sort of situations, how to look out for for spam and how to avoid these kind of uh, scenarios. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and one of the things that um, that 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 these guys should consider is, you know, uh, how do they prevent or how do they avoid, uh, you know, how do they recover? of from a ransomware can we how do you how do you protect yourself from yeah how do we protect yourself how do you as an organization one of the things that you're going to be asking yourself right now when you're listening to our podcast here is how do you protect yourself how do you uh mitigate potential risk for these ransomware not just the raiku but uh we're talking about the raiku today but how do you protect about these ransomware one i think it's going to be making sure that you educate your employees, your staff, and tell them not to click on um, any emails that don't seem legitimate, right? Try to avoid clicking on surveys, try to avoid clicking on things that seem on the surface, uh, you know, are you getting an invoice from QuickBooks or you're getting an invoice from another company? All of those things can seem like they're non-malicious, but essentially they're being sent to you to probe and try to build a profile of those employees within the organization so they can know who's clicking on those. There is no decryption key uh, if you didn't create the virus, right? So you have to pay for the decryption key in order to get decrypted. And in some cases, that decryption key doesn't even work or decrypt all the files because it has mutated or has changed or the time has elapsed. So they give you a certain window on when you can do it. Um, they target a specific date and they target a specific day for you to, to get the key. If you miss those windows, you won't be able to decrypt. So the only way to restore, the only way to get your data back is to be, is to restore from some previous backup. Hopefully, you have a recent backup and you don't have to recreate a whole lot of data. But in most cases, what we generally see is they're able to recover up to a specific point in time and then um, recover or recreate the data that's beyond that certain point. So let's say, for example, your latest backup is Monday at five and you're on you're at Tuesday when you realize that you got hit. You're going to lose a day of data and your users are going to have to recreate the data, but you were able to recover up to Monday. 
And so that gives you a point in time where you, where you have recovery, and then you're, you're gonna have to recreate some of that data with your users. The disruption is massive, right? They, we've seen clients that they've spent six, seven months on a recovery like this. We've seen clients that have been able to recover in weeks, but it's a massive impact to the organization and the demands for this, for the decryption key are sometimes in the thousands, if not in the millions of dollars. While there is no uh, decryption for, for the ransomware, uh, this September, the U.S. Cyber Command Organization uh, launched a counterattack um, to disconnect TrickBot, which was the malware we mentioned earlier, from a number of internet servers. And Microsoft also launched a trademark on uh, a trademark law on disrupting um, Ryuk botnet. So there is some some fight going on this year um, to to offset what what damage has been caused. Mm -hmm. The other thing to to you know the hi the history of the of the actual virus uh, is believed to have started somewhere in Russia or China. Uh, Asia and and uh, and Russia, was, but they can't pinpoint exactly where the Raiku has started and what organization has pushed it through. But it's in the millions of dollars. But this brings us to a good point about you know uh, having a good partner to help you recover from these things. Right? Um, we provide managed services to organization, and we encourage you to reach out not just to us, but to whoever you believe could be a good partner to you to help you recover from these um, critical events because they create a ton of disruption for your organization. And if you don't have a good IT strategy in place, you will feel the rest of, you know, a virus like the Raikou. Um, and so, you know, if you're listening to our podcast, one of the things you need to consider is, um, having a partner that can help you through a situation like this. Even if you have your own IT team, bringing in experts from the outside to help you recover it is critical because you have people that can, that have the expertise, people who can support you through a crisis within your organization. They have a good plan on how to, how to, how to recover. So it's definitely important to do that. And that's going to lead us to the next point, which is our next topic, which is consulting. And, and, to, and to us, consulting is more than just giving advice. Uh, so let's talk, about, let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, so you have somebody that comes to you with an issue. Uh, how, how do you guys handle, whether is it the ransomware or whether is it whatever, uh, whatever it is, usually they need a problem to be solved that needs to be solved. Um, how do you handle that first call from, from that particular uh, client uh, that, pro that probably wants to, wants, to, uh, wants to get involved with, uh, with an IT team or a managed services team? Uh, you know, we've talked about this before on a previous podcast, and and something that Israel actually said was, uh, you know, the client may be overestimating or underestimating the nature or the, the size of the problem that they're having. So a good idea is to assess the nature of the business, whether it's a healthcare organization, a security organization, whatever it may be, 
and determine the the right steps to take uh, for that that client because every client is going to be different every environment will be different but it's important to to pick up on the details of the client to determine what uh, kind of time will be spent on their issues and and what kind of resources they'll need so it's not like an universal one fits all it's usually like a tailor fit solution to a particular for the particular organization where you know it, it depends on the industry depending on the on the size on the infrastructure of the particular uh situation absolutely and then you know you sorry Flora, i didn't mean to cut you off there and it also depends on the project you know you may have a client that has a critical project and they need multiple resources and another one that just need uh, for example a small patch to be applied where one client requires you to implement a whole ERP system. So uh, every client is different, every project, every issue, every circumstance is different and we target them uh, accordingly. You know, we have a team of experts that can jump on and help resolve the issues, whatever they may be, but we also assess and determine the right expert, the right uh, team and the right approach for those going in uh, to those projects, to those issues. And then, and then we also try to mitigate, in the case of a RAIKU, you know, we work with clients to understand. Rajuk, Rajuk. Rajuk I, we don't even know how it's called, but uh, yeah, however it's called, you know, we work with them to ensure that they have a good strategy for backups, uh, that these backups are tested and verified, that we have, Night, nightly, weekly, monthly, quarterly uh, backups that we are able to recover from, you know. But these strategies that you need to, uh, that you guys need to implement, or these changes that need to be implemented into into the organization, um, how do you guys how do you guys address it? Do you guys do this remotely, or do you guys actually have to go on site to make all of these implementations or changes happen? I think it's both. I, I think there's uh, there's some work that can only be done on site, but you know, with the current situation, you'll see that a lot of the work being done in consulting is being done remotely. Um, there's even entire positions that are you know only remote, and that's just the nature of of our time. But there will always be on site projects. Uh, if there's on premise uh, servers that or a hybrid. Um, server configuration where they have some servers in the cloud and some on-prem, then obviously you would have to spend some time on site with the client. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and Isra, you were going to say something, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, there's some, you know, we provide support for, uh, for things like phones and mobile devices and things like that. Right. So laptops, like, like, uh, Austin mentioned, those things require you to touch them, you know, even if, even if you try to provide some support, you have to be on site to be able to physically uh, set up a device and things like that, right? So it's a combination like Austin just mentioned. I just wanted to reinforce that. Right, and, 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 and to wrap it up, uh, one of the things that we also say here is build con uh, co uh, consensus and commitment. So how do you guys build consensus and commitment going into going into an organization uh, with a particular issue. Yeah, I, I think with regards to commitment, you know, we're committed 
to helping our clients through issues, through support, uh, through ongoing uh, situations, right? So our commitment to them is that we will have the right experts, the right team, um, and work with them. One of our one of our marketing motto is we work with you to make sure that you get the right support, right? So we get the consensus by working with the the individual departments, the individual managers, the people on the front line of the clients. But but we also are very committed into whatever strategies they put in place, right? If we're working with a healthcare organization, we know that patient is key and number one in front and center. When we're working with a manufacturing organization, we know that getting shipments out the door is front and key, you know? And so we understand the different industries that we're in. We understand the verticals that we're working and we get consensus from the people that we're working with. That's how we do it. That's what we're able to do it. Absolutely. Uh, and just all to right. add to that, uh, you know, working as a team with the client, making sure that you know, you're communicating with them as, as, as a partnership rather than uh, an, a, two individuals working together um, and also being reliable and giving the client 100% of your, your attention is, is invaluable to them because, uh, you know, there, there are some, some times where you have to deal with, with things externally, but as a consultant, you want to make sure that the client knows where, where you prioritize your work and that's for them. All right, guys. So let's wrap it up. Uh, great topic. Thank you guys for being here. I'm going to let you go. It's Friday at the time that this podcast is being recorded. It's Friday. So uh, if you're listening to this today, uh, hope you have a great weekend. Uh, if not, please follow us on social media. Uh, we are on Spotify, Apple Music, um, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, Vimeo, and YouTube. Go to our website. Uh, we have consultants there to answer your questions. If you have any questions or you need help or support, reach out to us. We'll be more than happy to to get in contact with you and, and support you and educate you in whatever you need. Thank you guys for being here, and we are going to see you uh, next time. Take care, guys. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye-bye.